Okay. So we are doing now Tuesday's portion of Parshas Tetzava. Parshas Tetzava is primarily describing the garments of the priest. Parshas Truma, the previous portion, we describe primarily the construction of the tabernacle, the vessels of the tabernacle, and now we're focusing on the garments and the inauguration of the priest. So today we mention a number of garments. First one is the me'il. And me'il means literally a coat. It was sort of like a cloak without sleeves, without sides. If you can envision a piece of material, imagine if you took a piece of material and there was just a head for your hole. It was a hole for your head. And that just got draped over your head and that was the material. That's more or less what the me'il looked like. Down to the floor, this material with that one hole for the head and several details as we'll discuss. You shall make the me'il of the aphod entirely of turquoise wool. So it's called the me'il of the aphod because the aphod was placed on it as a belt. Now, the aphod was learned in detail on Sunday's portion. The aphod was a very elaborate garment that was, so to speak, the apron on which the top of it, the bottom was the apron, and the top of it was attached to the breastplate. So all of that went over this me'il, and that belted over the me'il, so that's why we're calling it the me'il of the aphod. It's entirely of turquoise wool, that is all. No other materials combined in it. It's very beautiful turquoise. And the opening of it is actually folded over within it. Its opening shall have a border all around the work of a weaver. It shall be for it like the opening of a suit of armor. It may not be torn. So we're talking about the opening of the meal at the top, so to speak, the collar of it, which is folded inside. The fold is like the hem for the collar, woven. Not needlework, it was all woven. Like the armor that the Jews wore in the desert, of course not all armors, like, but the Jews' armor in the desert had this similar concept. But the necklines of the collar is folded inward. They cannot be torn. That is a negative Prohibition. It is forbidden biblically by the Torah to tear in order to create this opening, just as there's many other biblical prohibitions in all of these works. The Choshen cannot be detached as a biblical prohibition. They um, can't be removed as a biblical prohibition, meaning the poles of the ark cannot be removed from the ark ever. These are prohibitions. You shall make on its hem pomegranates of turquoise wool and purple wool and scarlet wool, on its hem all around, and golden bells among them all around. So decorating this me'il were two different ornaments. They took from turquoise, purple, and scarlet wool, and they made these pomegranate-looking, I mean, they were oval, in the shapes of pomegranates, in the shapes of a hen's egg, round and hollow. And between them were golden bells with clappers. So between every, in other words, it was like pomegranate bell, pomegranate bell, all around the lower edge, the hem, or the fringe on the bottom of this me'il was a pomegranate, these beautiful turquoise and purple and scarlet pomegranates woven together and then interspersed with these golden bells. Literally, when he walked, you heard the bells. A golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate on a hem of the road all around. 
So next to it, every other one. Bell, pomegranate, bell, pomegranate. It shall be an iron in order to minister. Its sound shall be heard when he enters the sanctuary before God. When he leaves, he will not die. So again, from the fact that it says he will not die when he wears it, we understand that if he actually came to serve without this, he would be subject to the death penalty by a human court, but by the godly tribunal. And this isn't only true for this specific garment, but it's true for all the garments. Ultimately, we're going to learn of eight garments that the high priest had and four of the regular priests, and they are not allowed to serve without the garments. Otherwise, they're subject to death at the hands of heaven. So that was the garment of the meal. Again, this turquoise woolen cloak draped over his head with this fringe of the beautiful pomegranates interspersed with the golden belt. Now we're going to another garment. You shall make it sits of pure gold, and you shall grave upon it, like the engraving of a signet. In Hebrew, of course, they were Kodesh Lashem, holy to God. This sits was a golden plate, two finger breadths wide. It extended around the forehead from ear to ear. Where was it? That's what we're going to learn. You shall place it on a turquoise woolen string, and it shall be on the mitznefes. The mitznefes was the hat of the high priest. Opposite the face of the mitznefes shall it be. So we see this sits, this golden plate, which was attached by these turquoise cords, are supposed to be in the area of the hat. But where precisely? So Rashi is a very long Rashi here because seemingly the verses are contradicting, and Rashi first raises the contradictions, then he resolves them. So the three contradictions, what we're not sure about is, elsewhere it says, and they shall put on it a string of turquoise wool. And here it says, it shall be on the mitznefes, the hat. And our next verse says, and it shall be on Aaron's forehead. And we know it says in the Talmud that Kungodal's hair was visible between the tits and the mitznefes, this golden plate and the hat. And in that space between the tits and the mitznefes is where he planted his children. So based on all this, we see the mitznefes the hat is above the tits on the top of the head, and it doesn't cover the entire forehead, and the tits is below it, not in the mitznefes. So how do we resolve all of these seemingly contradictory verses? So Rashi actually resolves them very simply. What Rashi explains is, this mitznefes is a golden plate. There were three holes in the golden plate, one on each side and one in the middle on top, within which they strung these turquoise cords. So the turquoise cord is strung, it's like a loop. I mean, it's a cord, it's not, it's not a circle. But it's strung through and around. So each cord accomplished two purposes. The tzitz was on the cord, because one of the cord, one half of the cord was under the tits, and the cord was over the tits, because the other half of the cord was on top of the tits. So these three cords, these three turquoise cords, fulfilled both of the verses. The tzitz being on the cord, and the cord being on the tits. Both happened. And this sits was then tied through these three cords to be held on his forehead, meaning you have the two cords on either side that go around the back, and you have one in the middle that goes straight up on top on the hat. And then the three all join in the back of his head in the middle, where they tie them. So the tits itself was not on the hat, but the cord of the tits, the middle cord of the tits, was on the hat. So this is how we fulfill this verse of the tzitz through its cord being on the hat. So therefore, all of the verses are upheld. 
the outer part of the string is on the tit, the tit is on the inner part of the string, and the middle string of the tit is on top of the hat. If you can envision it now, we have this golden blade sort of resting on the lower part of the forehead. We have the upper part where they, the coin bubble, the high priest will put on his tillin, and then over that, high on the forehead, is the hat, and straight up the top of the hat will be that core, that middle cord of the tzitz, then all three cores, which seem like six because each one is doubled over, so to speak, are tying in the back to keep the tzitz firm on his forehead. It will be an Aaron's forehead, and Aaron shall bear the sin, that which is holy to the children of Israel, consecrate for any gifts of their holy offerings, and it will be on his forehead always for the appeasement for them before God. So, so here we have several concepts. The so Aaron is literally carrying the burden of this sin, that we're taking it away from whatever the sin was done, that we have to figure out what the sin was, and instead it's being held now by Aaron and being atoned through the tit. So what is the sin? So Rasha goes through several possible sins that have to do with the offering to prove it can't be that. There's a sin which Rasha here is referring to as pigul, which would mean from this perspective, when the priest is officiating the, the sacrifice, at certain stages in the sacrificial procedure, if he's thinking that the offerings mean outside of the area designated by Thor, that would be pigul. Rasha says, it can't be that. Because we already have a verse that says it's not going to be accepted. There's another sin with offerings called nicer, which is if a person would be thinking that they're going to eat it after the time you're allowed to. That's a sin called nicer. Rashi said, well, the sin of nicer can't be atoned by the tit because it was also said clearly in the verse that we're not going to accept that either. Then there's the sin of the priest who's bringing the offering when he's impure. But that can't be what we're talking about because the verse is clearly saying the problem is the offering, not the offerer. So that can't be the issue. So what is this sin that the tzitz is atoning for? So it must be that the offering itself became impure and it was still offered. Again, it's not that the person is thinking, the priest is thinking, I'm going to eat it later, or I'm going to eat it not where I should, or I'm personally impure. None of those issues. The offering itself from when it was dedicated until it was offered, became impure, became disqualified, and it was offered anyway. And for such transgressions, the sit atones. Now it says it to be on his forehead always. So obviously, what do we mean by always? Obviously, he's not wearing it 24-7. He only wore it when he served. So there's two answers. One says it will always be an atonement, meaning even when it's on his forehead, even when he's not serving, still the existence of the sits creates atonement. That works for some, but others say no. It only atones when it's on his forehead when he's serving. If he's not wearing it, if he's not serving, it's not going to create atonement. So then what does it mean to be on his forehead always? We all understand he's not wearing it always. So it means he should always be conscious of it. That when he's wearing it, he should touch it and remind himself of it. He should never remove his consciousness from it. Okay, so that was the second garment we spoke of today that sits. Now think of the third one. It's called the katonis. The katonis is like a long undergarment. I'm using the term undershirt. It wasn't an undershirt, literally. It was something that was seen. The sleeves of it were seen. This is the only garment here that has sleeves. And the bottom edge of it was seen because the fringe on the bottom of the me'il, you know, with the bells and the pomegranates, 
was over that lowest edge. So it was seen, but it was like the basic shirt, long down to the floor shirt with sleeves, which was under all these ceremonial garments. So you should make a katonis of checkered texture of linen. You should make a mitznefes of linen. Mitznefes is a hat. It's also linen. You should make an avnate, the work of an embroiderer. The avnate is the belt. So in this one verse, we're told of three garments, the long shirt, katonis, the hat, the mitznefes, both of which were linen, and the avnate, this embroidered belt. What does it mean by checkered? It means that it was made with a texture and this was full of indentations. Indentations meaning as if if you're putting a jewel in something and there's an indentation for the jewel to go, that was what it looked like. But it was completely of linen. It wasn't of another material. So those were, we have at this point discussed seven of the eight garments of the priest. We have high priest. We have one more. And now we're going to first list three out of the four garments of the regular priest. For the sons of Aaron, you shall make a katanus, that long shirt. You shall make for them avnatim, the belt. And mikbos, those hats, you shall make for them for glory and splendor. So they had the long shirt, the belt, and the hat. The most simple of the parts of the high priest garments. So those were the ones they had. So if we can envision them, what they also had that we're soon going to read about are pants. So they have pants. Over the pants are this long shirt, belted, and with a hat. That was the official garment of the regular priest. With them you shall dress Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him. You shall anoint them, and you shall fill their hand, and you shall sanctify them, and they shall be priests to me. So now we're speaking of completely dressing Aaron. So everything we've listed here, again, except the, the pants that we're still going to say. So we could envision the high priest. He has the pants. Then over the pants, he has that long shirt, of which is the belt. Then he has the me'il, that turquoise woolen overcloak with the pomegranates and bells. And then belting, girding that me'il is the afo, that, so to speak, apron-like garment, attached to which was a very beautiful, glorious one, attached to which was the breastplate, which, of course, was very, very, very remarkable in these 12 precious stones attached with these golden cords, with the onyx stones on his shoulders that were holding the whole thing together. And, of course, this hat under which is that gold plate that sits that we just discussed. You can envision, obviously, the one saw the high priest it was on the most physical plane an overwhelming expression of God's glory. So the high priest was just in these eight garments. The sons were in the four garments. They were anointed with anointing oil, and it says you shall fill their hands, which is how the scripture refers to inauguration. They're being inaugurated through these garments. You shall make for them linen pants to cover the flesh of their nakedness from the hips to the thigh shall they be. So these are for both Aaron, the high priest, and his sons, these linen pants, which brings again to Aaron. Now he has eight garments, the high priest, and the common priest has these four. That shall be on Aaron and on his sons when they enter the tent of meeting or when they approach the altar to serve in holiness. They shall not bear sin and die. An eternal statue for him and his offspring after him. So these garments have to be on the high priest and, his, and the priest. The high priest, the ones for him. The priest, the ones for him. And when they go into the temple, when they go into the tabernacle, wherever they're serving, they must wear them. And it says that they shouldn't die. So again, here we're told 
But if a priest or the high priest performs a service lacking any of the garments, their penalty is death by the hands of heaven. And this is an eternal statute, meaning always this has to be fulfilled. <laughs> 